I would say I like wheat ales, right? Like a, a Blue Moon is probably kind of like um, what I would base my decision on how much I like a particular beer. If I'm like going to pick a beer out, I'm like, does it taste close to that? Does it taste better to that? That's kind of like my gauge. So like that, I'm probably being sacrilegious by saying that, but yeah, that's, that's not easy for me. Um, my, my, my rap name is Lex One. And the acronym for one is one's never enough. Like I can't have one or pick one of anything. Ah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm following your lead vote for Teddy and Sandre 3000. That's today. It might be different tomorrow. Hey, you know what? I got to get good at this. I got to, I got to get better at picking a, a top anything. My, all right, let's say go to this. It, there's a Moroccan cooked tomato salad called Saladam Medbucha. I know it sounds mad famous and mad tongue twisty, but it's like a roasted, a fire roasted tomato and pepper salad. If I ever can find that, when I can find that, I just body that thing. That's like my favorite. And it's very hard for me to find because I don't really know many Moroccan people. I'd like to tell you something. Beats and East, the podcast. Yes, the podcast you love to love. It's back again. Another week, another episode. I am still your host, Old Head Ed. I don't think there's a replacement. Uh, hopefully there isn't. Um, been doing this for a while. We're in season three right now. I think uh, if my, my numbers are right, I think we're at 118 episodes, which when I was back in episode 23, I didn't think this was possible, but we're here. Um, I usually do this, I usually record this out of uh, world's famous Yeasty Brews over in Lauder Hill. Shouts, shouts to Yeasty Brews. Uh, this time around, we're, doing a, we're trying something different. So uh, has, it has been a while since I've done a remote episode over the phone. Not since uh, COVID have I done one. And um, that was, uh, there, was a, there were several, because <laughs> the quarantine had us locked down for a minute. So there were several episodes I did over the phone. This is the first time I do it with the new technology that uh, the podcast has acquired. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to this guest. But before we get into it, just want to shout out the sponsors. As always, uh, Beard, Brews, and Food, the homie Luis Cotto. He's got the uh, him as well as the Craft Beer Cellar and the Savage Life Brewery are putting together their second beer pong tournament. That's going to go down, when is that going down? September 10th over at Craft Beer Cellar. Uh, it's a dope event. Uh, I think it's $20, a two-man team, $20 per person, and you get to drink uh, one beer free. Uh, it's just going to flow. The beer, that one beer is going to flow the whole time you're playing, so you get free refills of a beer. I believe it's a Pilsner. I don't think they've locked down exactly which beer it is or from what brewery, but it's definitely a Pilsner. So go check that out. Enter. Get your game on. Um, I played the last time. I'll probably play this time around. Not well, but if there's beer, I'm there. Uh, also, I want to shout out DJ XS and Orion with La Plancha Part 3. That's going to go down September 2nd. It's a Friday at the 10th Level Tavern. If you went to the last one, you, you know how dope that show turned out. And I'm expecting more of the same. And going back to Yeasty Brews, uh, August 28th, 
They have uh, their beer and cheesecake pairing. Uh, the cheesecake is made infused with Yeasty's own beer. So that's $20 per person. You get a, a pint and a slice of cheesecake. So if you feel like either that's something up, <laughs> up your alley or if you've never tried anything like that, that'd be the time to do it. Also, shout out to G Juice Remedies, the homegirl Lady G, and the Mama Juana King with that Mama Juana. Uh, as seen on TV, I could actually say that now because it's the Mama Juana that EFN tries on uh, on Drink Champs. He's the, that's the one that he's always talking about. So shouts to all the sponsors. <laughs> now let's get to today's guest. Uh, today's guest, it, it, he's, uh, he's into collectibles, but he's not just collectibles. Um, he's, a, he's a host of a, of a YouTube channel called No Hype, where he displays and shows collectibles uh, from all ranges of music, and also a musical artist. Uh, we're going to get into that. A platinum musical artist. So I guess I should give myself props for having a platinum artist on the show for the first time. We've had an Emmy Award winner before, and that was dope. Uh, so yeah, man, this is uh, the podcast is growing. Uh, what, who, who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? It's none other than the host of No Hype, Lex One, Get That Paper Sun. Yo, <laughs> what up, what up, what up, man? Yo, Ed, thank you for having me, bro. Bro, it's a pleasure, man. I had the opportunity to uh, to kind of see you speak or interact with the homie H on the WVCC radio. I want to say maybe less than a year ago, uh, he had you on. So I had the pleasure of like, okay, you know, putting a face to the name and a couple of the other homies in the South Florida music scene had mentioned your name about, the, you know, just the music. So I was like, okay. So that, that kind of brought it full circle between the name and the music and then actually seeing you and seeing what it is that you do. Because at that point, I had no idea you were into like a YouTube thing and collectibles. So that was like, OK, that's pretty dope, too. Um, so let's let's start there. What, what got you into collectibles? Uh, as far as your profile goes on Instagram, it says, you know, collectibles and retro stuff since 95. So is, is that as early as you could remember when you started collecting things? Probably not, bro. I mean, it started with G.I. Joe's, you know? Gotcha. I've, I've, always, I've always been a collector. I was a latchkey child, so um, my toys, and I'm an only child, so, like, my toys were were so precious to me. They were, like, I didn't talk to them. Like, you know, some kids talk to their toys and shit, but I, I held on to them, and they always meant a lot to me. They were, like, brothers and sisters to me, you know what I'm saying? Like, my creativity and my imagination was just went wild when I had my G.I. Joe's. And I remember being a kid, right? And this is how, this is how I, this is how now I know that I was always destined to just collect. I would dream of like going into, now this is going to make me sound old, like Woolworths or A&S in, in, in Queens. Alex, I'm telling you, you're in the right place when it comes to old, bro. <laughs> this is the podcast for it. Bro, my mom would take me there and I will remember playing and if you've been shopping with your mom as a kid, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, you, like, you know, when you, when she would take you to wherever they had clothing, I would like play in between the racks, wherever gotcha. she was at. So gotcha. I'd be like inside the racks, like hiding. And then when we go to the other aisle, I'd be like, mom, can we go to the toy aisle? And then I'd be like in heaven, I'd be like looking at the GI Joes. And I would dream, I would have dreams as a kid. And I still remember these dreams of finding certain figures because you look at the back of the G.I. Joe's, right? And mm -hmm. then you see you see all the other figures and you're like, oh, I need this one. I need that one. But me, I wanted all of them. Like, I wanted to have, like, the whole collection of nice. everything. And I think that's when the once never enough thing started. 
Got you. You know, it's funny. You mentioned Woolworths, Woolworths and Queens. It was a five and dime. What part of Queens? Flushing. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, I grew up in Jackson Heights. Um, and it's funny you, when, while you're saying this, I'm, I'm seeing the universe do its thing because when my mother came over from Dominican Republic, um, and I was, I was born here, uh, her first job was at a Woolworths. So, wow. and, and we lived, it, it was, it was Damn, crazy. bro. Your mom was the plug then. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Bro, bro. If my mom worked at Woolworths, bro, I would annoy the shit out of her. So I got everything, everything that she could get me there. But. Now, now here's, now here's the other side of the story. You'd think that she'd be the plug, but being, you know, first generation living here, um, starting a life for herself here, um, I'm going to go right back to you, your, the G.I. Joes being your first collectibles. The only G.I. Joe action figure I owned were the, the Crimson, the, not, was it the Crimson Twins? It was, the Crimson Twins, yeah. Yes. And the only reason she bought those for me because it was two for the price of one. So ah. <laughs> that, was, that was the extent of my collection of G.I. Joe figures. But did you have a thing? Did you have a thing that you were into as a kid? Was it He-Man? Was it Jordan um, Jones? Was it I mean, Ninja I, I, Turtles? I loved, I loved all the cartoons. Like, definitely uh, the He-Mans. Um, uh, a big one for me was the uh, Voltron. Voltron. Okay. And I could see all my friends around me starting to collect lions. And, and, you know, some of them were fortunate enough to have all of them. And uh, I never got a lion. So, so I've told myself up until this day, you know, saying 40, 47, almost 47 years later, I'm sitting going, yo, I think I'm going to collect some money and I'm going to buy myself the whole Voltron line and just, and just like, bro, you should have told me, I, I literally, literally last week sold a 1983 die cast Voltron set. The, the heavy joint, the heavy joint, yes. like to die. Oh man. So, yo, like the one that is. If you had one of those and your mom got pissed and threw that shit at you, it would fuck. It would hurt. Like it would leave. Yes. It would be, <laughs> yeah. It yes. Would, you you weren't able to walk that one off. That cause that one would hurt. No, no, yeah. That's like throwing a pan at somebody, bro. Yeah. It's like it, it's serious. The equivalent for sure, for sure. But no, but that's amazing, bro. It's just funny when hearing you start to tell your story and then it brings me back to a story of mine. Um, so going back to you though. So that was like the earliest form of collection and just, just like uh, you holding on to these things because they, they became such an integral part of your life as far as... And then my memories, you know, like my, my collectibles, like I look at any of the things, you know, my collectibles, my albums, my album art, like all those things, I look at it and it takes me back to a specific place, a specific time, a specific memory. And I could grab a lot of things and I could tell you a story about something connected to that thing and to me more important than the thing itself it's actually the story it's like a mnemonic device for me to kind of just remember my life you know got you got you that makes sense that makes sense okay yeah so at what point did you decide that um you you wanted to introduce your collection or what you collect or what you enjoyed um in the action figures and collectibles to the youtube universe I realized when I was collecting stuff, um, when I when when I was on tour uh, with Black Violin, um, I think it was 2018. I lived in a small one bedroom apartment in Miami, and uh, I was running out of space. And my wife was like, "Bro, you're, what do you do with all? What do you want all this shit for? You know?" 
And I didn't really know, you know, I was just buying stuff. And then it got to a point where I was buying stuff and throw it in, throwing it in the storage. Mm. And as I'm like finding out about this toy and this one and this one, I started diving out into things that I wasn't into as a kid, but didn't know existed. And then I realized that like, yo, there's hip hop, you know, is my number one passion. And hip hop toys is something that would come out here, come out there. You know, they came out early as, as the 80s and 90s you know, take a five, 10 year break, pop up again, something will pop up, something else will pop up. And um, it, it wasn't documented. Okay. There was like no place you could go for a resource on this type of thing, you know, like no one was telling the story. So I was like, you know what? I want to be that guy. I want to archive these things. I want to document it. I want to tell the story. I want to put that out there because, you know, I, I realized that, you know, I'm 42 years old. Well, I'm going to be 42. So you get up to a certain age and you, you know, you maybe have a career, maybe have a little bit of extra money and, you know, those things you couldn't get when you were a kid, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, mama has to get you the two for one. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can get them now. Maybe you want one or two. Maybe you want to just fill your man cave up with that. Maybe you want to put them in your office. Maybe you want to put them in your studio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, where do you look? Where do you go? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I wanted to just be that guy. I wanted to tell that story. I wanted to be associated with that because that shit just meant a lot to me. Nice, nice. Um, so that's how I decided to, you know, okay, start the channel and 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 I took a very like journalistic approach to it in the beginning. Um, then I started having more fun towards the end of it. Got you, got you. Yeah, and you you got a lot of gems up there. Uh, definitely. I just recently you posted uh the uh the superstar ad at. Uh, or Adidas yes. at, at the Disney, which I'm a big Adidas, like, like shell toes or, you know, superstars, the original joints. I'm a big fan of those. So when I seen you put that one up there, I was like, ah, oh, that is fresh. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. And you know what? The guy who designed that, his name is Bill McMullen. Um, he was like a creative, uh, what is the word I'm thinking for? Art. He's like an art director for Def Jam. Okay. And he actually did uh, album covers for Method Man, um, he did. He did work for DMX, Foxy Brown, the Beastie Boys. So you know, that's just another hip hop story, right? Like you look at these album covers, and it's almost the photographers and the graphic designers behind mm. these iconic album covers that literally create the image of hip hop. When mm. you think of DMX, a lot of people think about him in a bathtub full of blood. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that album cover was graphically designed. The photo was taken by, I, I don't know if it was Jonathan Mannion or um, what's the other guy's name escapes me right now. Uh, but it was taken by, you know, a famous hip hop photographer who did like a bunch of the stuff in the 90s. And it was designed by Bill McMullen, the guy who did uh, who did the, the Superstar 88T. And it's funny because that thing right there um, was conceptualized the, the mashup was conceptualized, in, I think, in like 99 or 98, maybe. Wow. And, and um came out in 2004, but in the past 10 years, there's been people doing bootleg toys where they take, they take a hip-hop, they, they take, they, they pretty, it, it's pretty much a mashup of two things, like the Superstar and the, um, the, uh, the, a, the ATAT, mm-hmm. and they put those together, they make a toy, so like they did one with, Tupac and Robocop and they called it Robopoc, right? <laughs> okay, and okay. they did 
Easy E and He Man and was Easy He Man and that and that became viral. Wow. Just the image of the picture of that toy became viral. Then boom, there's a new market, people are collecting it. Then you have artists now making bootleg toys. And this guy, Bill McMullen, did that with the concept, the drawing of it in like ninety eight. So nobody's there to tell that story. Um and to me I think it's important because I think I think everything about the culture um that was created, you know, hip hop is a black culture, but it was also founded with a lot of other races, Hispanic people being one of them. So, you know, black and it's a black and brown culture in my, you know, from just the research that I've done, I mean, I'm not making this up, you know, people, everybody was there since day one, you know? Um, So I just kind of want, I felt like, well, here's another part of the story that, you know, I want to tell that hasn't been told, you know? So it's little things like that, you know? That's excellent. Yeah, I also see where they got the, uh, I believe it's the Nike Air Max that's also shaped as a shuttle. Uh, yes. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Bill McMullen as well. He designed yeah. that as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, I'm going to give a couple more questions your way uh, before we get done with the official business segment. Uh, one, when can we see the Lex One figure or is that something that already exists? Um. One does not exist. Okay. I don't know if one ever will exist. I never thought about that. Okay. Uh, that would be a little weird <laughs> for me to have. Like, you know what? Because I, even with my music, bro, like, I don't I don't listen to my music. Even when I made it, I never listened to my okay. music. You know? So I feel like, I don't know. You know, maybe if there was, like, a demand for something like that. But to be honest with you, bro, nobody wants that shit. Nobody <laughs> yeah. put a Lex not One even a, on their Not even a Lex One bobblehead? Like, just a, a, a one-on-one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, then I would do it for myself. But yeah. the closest I have had to a toy is when I had my group in the, uh, my, when I had my group that had the Platinum Record, um, we we were, we were like, a, 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 a hip-hop, like, dance music group. We did, like, super cheesy dance music. Um, that was the show, wizard sleeve. It, yes. Okay. So we called ourselves Wizard Sleeve, and my buddy opened up an online toy store around 2008, 2009, and he called it Wizard Sleeve Toys. He did a Wizard Sleeve Toys um, figure, and that one he was like, I remember him calling me while I was on tour in the UK. He's like, "Yo, you know you got your own toy, homie," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like it didn't even really, it didn't add up to me. Like I didn't put one and you know one and two together until many years later you know and and that phone conversation always rang in my head you 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 got your own toy and when i started this channel um that was the 365th toy i reviewed uh which was my quote-unquote own toy and when i did the channel um no hype well i'm still doing it uh i did for all of 2021 every day i did a different toy and a different youtube video Bro, that was the hardest thing I've ever had wow. to commit myself to doing is a video a day on YouTube. Yo. That was tough. Yeah, I could only imagine because I know uh, the homie Rec recognized. Shouts to him. Uh, he did one song, uh, one freestyle per week for a year, and I know he de- he's spoken about it on his podcast where he was like, "Yeah, I did. I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I, when I set off on that." But so you're saying every day? That's yeah. That's something else. Yeah, it was it was a lot, bro. It was honestly, it was it was a learning experience. I'm I'm grateful that I did it. Would I ever do that shit again? Fuck no. Yeah, uh, <laughs> lesson <less> learned. <laughs> yeah, lesson learned. Yeah. Uh, another one I want to ask is, um, what's the most 
for you, what's the most, is there a sought out piece, the one that you haven't gotten, or the, that one that you, that really is just sometimes just out of reach, but you're, you're working on getting? Um, I would probably say there's a Beastie Boys figure, like of the group, an official figure okay. that was made uh, in the early 2000s that uh, I never got. I mean, when it came out, it was like $750 back then. So, wow. And, and now it's like 2000 2500 There's like that. And then there's some, there's some bare bricks that are, are out there that I, that I want. But, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I've had everything, mm. you know, minus a couple of things. I've literally have had everything out there, at least everything officially licensed, some of the bootleg stuff. Um, I, I skipped, but yeah, I've had everything for the wow. most part. That's Yo. excellent. Nice. My co-host just walked in. Shout out to uh, shout out to Lucky, yeah. Lucky Baraka. What's up? Face, face, Lucky. All right. That was the cookie. All right, he's he giving me a shout out. Hey, hey. <laughs> All right, yeah, he's gonna help me drink some of this beer. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's a great strategy because I also thought of that earlier. I was like, ah, I didn't. I know I sent you a detailed email about how it goes down, but then I said, damn, you know, he doesn't typically. I'll have those sixteen ounces for them for me and my guests, and we'll crack them and we'll drink them. But that's a great strategy. Have somebody come in <laughs> and help yeah, you out with yeah. the, the task. Dope. That's excellent. That's excellent. Man. Hey, hey, pros, lucky. You know what I'm saying. It became a team sport all of a sudden. All right, I, I fuck with that. <laughs> Drinking should be a team sport. It should. It should be. Otherwise, it's alcoholism. If it's, yeah. if it's not. Yes, yes. It's so true. It's so true. Oh, damn. Um, so I'm, I'm going to hit you with a couple of uh, of uh, things that I have because uh, you've, you've had almost a little bit of everything as far as collecting goes. And I'm going to hit you with two things that I have that are kind of like my pri- – I'm gonna. I guess I'm going to turn this show into um, – uh, show off your gems without uh, destroying. Okay. But um, so I'm going to tell you two things that I have, and uh, and you tell me what you think. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to say three. I don't have the third one, so I'm going to start off with the two things that I have, and then the third thing that I'm trying to get a hold of, which I might be able to get somewhere with you with this with this task. But the one thing one thing I have is I have a uh, an Echo T-shirt from i want to say it was 2004 they did like this uh this event fundraising for like save the rhinos and okay, uh dope. so it's a white tee um it has rakim common z trip uh kid capri signatures wow. signatures on it wow that's fire was it when they spelled echo the old way or the new way no it was the new way because it was later in the yeah it wasn't the ec uh, ECKO. this was like later on and oh, actually, no, it was the ECKO. It wasn't the original, e, the, the, the grammatically correct spelling of it. Because this was like, okay. I want to say this was like 2004. They had like this online contest where you sent in your email uh, way before the days of like, you know, follow, follow me, follow this person, add three friends, all that shit. <laughs> way before the day of that. This was just like send an email with your email address wow. to submit your name. And so I, I won it. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. I've never, I don't think at that point I had won anything like that. But uh, so that's I, the thing. Do you, do you still remember your email address from then? Yes, it should be the it's the it's the one that I use now for all the spam. Like anything that okay. I, yeah, like <laughs> if, if I go to Coles, I'll be like, yo, take this email, the sacrificial one, you know, it's like, yeah, do what you must with that one. Hilarious. The other thing I have uh that I have in my possession is um PlayStation was that the PlayStation two or three? Def Jam Vendetta. 
Okay, yeah, that's PlayStation 2. PlayStation 2, Def Jam Vendetta, signed by none other than Mr. Meth himself, Method Man. Wow, that's fire. That's a fire collectible. Bro, okay, go. I'm on the right track then. Um, Funny story, that was was right around the time that that dropped, probably in the same era of like 2002 to 2005. And it was doing one of the tour. Oh, what was the name of the tour? I think it was, it was one of the Def Jam tours. And the show came down to Boynton Beach. At that point, me and my friend, I was into gaming heavy and a couple of friends of mine from high school, um, we, we played fucking Def Jam all the time. And then they're like, yo, they're having a competition at a GameStop in Boynton Beach. So we drove up there. And it's like, yeah, I think they had hinted at the fact that Method Man would be there. And then the winner of the, the, the tournament would get like tickets to the concert that night. And uh, so we ran up there. We took the trip. At this point, we're down in, like, South Broward. We're li- I'm living in South Broward. Go all the way up to Boynton. That was a whole other world to me back then. And then uh, we get up there, and we get into the tournament. Um, I-, I got I got, I got got runner-up, which ain't nothing. <laughs> I got I got runner-up. I didn't win the tickets, but I did get the opportunity to have him sign the game. So that's, like, my only other collectible that I have that I think is worth anything. That's dope. That's really dope. And you know what's funny? Those Def Jam video games, especially Escape from New York, those things sell for a lot of money on eBay mm. if you can get it. Okay. I got a, I got a, um, I'm looking at it now. I got a Wu-Tang, um, the, the Wu-Tang Shaolin style video okay. game for yes. the PlayStation 1, and I have the Wu-Tang Shapes controller. And I found on eBay a Wu-Tang modded out uh, PlayStation 1 console with a whole console black and yellow and it got a Wu-Tang sticker on it. Dope. So, yeah, it's, uh, that's a pretty dope thing you got there, bro. Nice, nice. Yeah, I remember that Wu-Tang game you're talking about. That actually was the engine that they took from uh, Overkill. There was a game called Overkill. Yeah. It was only released. It never came the, out. Yes, it was in the UK. It, it never made it our way. I remember we were playing it through like some mod, like you said, some way of modifying the game and, and it, it reading on on a on a US PlayStation and so on and so on. And we played it. And then, so we had, we had a crack at it early on. And then eventually when Wu-Tang came out with theirs, we are like, yeah, this is the same engine as Overkill. But yeah, dope, man. That is fresh. Um, Lex, before we get into these beers, I, I'd like to wrap up the official, the official business segment. Let them know where they could find you. Let them know about the YouTube page and, uh, and we'll go from there. I mean, you can find me everywhere at Lex one GTPS spelled out O N E G T P S L E X O N E G T P S. On any platform, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. That's Instagram. That's that's how you get me. Dope. My peoples, you already know. Um, if, if you didn't pick up on it right then and there, we also got the show notes. When you go and click on uh, play this episode, you can scroll down. You're going to see the full spelling, all the connects there. Uh, we got a lot more to discuss. Next one has a co-host. He has a drinking buddy on his side. Shouts to Lucky. And um, yeah, man, y'all know what it is. It's Bruce Beast and he's the podcast. Bruce Beats and Eats the Podcast, we're back. We're back for the, the portion of the podcast that almost every guest, nah, fuck that, I'm going to say, I'm not going to do the whole dentist, like, you know, eight out of nine dentists agree. Like, I think everybody agrees that this is probably the highlight of, of the podcast is this is where we typically uh, crack a couple beers open, try them, sample them, give, a, give the listener our thoughts on them. And then, uh, you know, share an anecdote from back in the days, which I like to call early beer memories. Um, Then we'll get into, like, what the beer of choice is nowadays as well. And before it's all said and done, we'll hit them with the uh, one through four, your your most favorite from your least favorite. 
Uh, there's never any really whack beer, but it's just there's one that you're going to like less than the others. And, um, oh, and we got something new. I'm going to try this. Hold on. That's supposed to be game show music. I got to I gotta work on that. <laughs> I got to work on that. But uh, we're trying out something for the first time. Like I said, it's been a minute since I've done a remote episode over the phone. And uh, I got Lex one in the building. So I figured what better time than to debut the latest game show of Bruce Beats and Eats. It is turntable or tap or tap or turntable. Um, we'll break down the, the instructions later on. But that, like the listeners that are tuning in on a weekly basis, this is all new to them. So we'll give you the, the details later on. But first, let's get into I'm going to have Lex and Lucky get into this first beer whenever you guys are ready. Um, you guys go ahead and pour up that beer and I'm going to read off a couple of stats about the beer. And, okay, uh, uh, which one do you want me to start with? We're gonna go with the we're gonna go with the thin man, all in the game. All in the game. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. So, so all in the game. So the reason I picked this one out okay. is because it had a beeper on it. Oh, there you go, vintage. <laughs> it had a picture of a beeper on it, and I'm like, I can fuck with that. I nice. can fuck with that. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah, so yes. Yeah, so Lex was also so kind. I think. Um, I think who was the other person? Oh, H. H was so kind to go grab his own beers and then. And then shot me the list of what it was that he was. Oh, and so was Lady G when she first was on the podcast. So this one here is from Thin Man Brewing or Brewery. It's their All in the Game. It's a New England IPA that clocks in at 6.5%. There's that sound. 6.5% ABV. It's brewed out of New York. And it's a, it's a collab with Captain Lawrence. Um, so Lex, when, whenever you and Lucky are ready to go, y'all give it a go. And uh, let me know what y'all think. All right. I'm giving it a pour right now. Nice. Cheers, my guy. We're going to taste this. Let, let me know what you think. Sure. Most kind of refreshing. Mm, okay. Yeah, it's definitely light. Oh, okay. That, not, and, that's, not, and that's odd for, uh, for a New England IPA. Typically IPAs, especially the New England one, they're not as filtered, so they're, they're a lot juicier. And they have a, a, a like a hazier look to them, but you're saying this one right here is a lighter, on the lighter side of things. Yeah, it's light. It's kind of quick. Okay. Not too harsh. You know what? I just realized I didn't have enough cups, so I gotta run around with a few more cups. Okay. So I'm not gonna. I over poured. Yes, yes. That is also a strategy. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be wasted if I if I try to <laughs> down each one between in between, <laughs> between yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, do your thing. In the meantime, I'll let the people know um some of the rules about uh tap or turntable. So while Lex grabs those cups, uh we're gonna break into the, the tap or turntable before we get into his early beer memory. So Tap a Turntable is a game where I'm going to give Lex One a title, just a, a name, a, uh, not a phrase, it's a title or name. And he's going to tell me whether it's an album title or if it's the name of a beer. So whether he would find it on a tap or on a turntable. So I like that. We got, we got three of those, and, um, but we're going to get to that later. Uh, before we do that, and when Lex gets all settled in, we're going to get into that early beer memory. Damn, this is good. See, this, I, I like this beer. See, I, I'm, I like beer, and that's the problem. The mm. fact that I like something would be very dangerous because I could totally take it from something casual to, like, a problem. Yeah, I, I, or at least at least your wife would be like, why do you have... It's like her telling you, why do you have all this stuff? Yeah, why do you have so much beer? <laughs> yeah, so much beer. 
No, and it's true. I mean, these beers they can get. They could. You could start to rack up. You could start to rack up a pretty uh, hefty uh, oh, price yeah, tag for like, these beers. Some of them were like six dollars. I'm like, okay, I see you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so, all right, cool, man. Um, uh, yeah. So what's uh, what's the next one? I gotta crack open. So let's get into that. Let's get into that early beer memory real quick. You ready? Okay. Yeah. So the first time you drank a beer, the first time you enjoyed one, just a story from back in the day in beer. Um, probably was not it. Like I would say, like maybe like ninety one or ninety two. Uh, I was definitely underage, very extremely underage, and uh, it was just you grew up in New York, and your mom smoked cigarettes or your dad smoked cigarettes that they would send you to the corner and be like, yo, get me a pack of Marlboro Lights or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they would sell you the cigarettes. You know, I, I was buying cigarettes for my mom at like five years old. She'd be like waiting outside and she'd be like, go run in and, you know, on her way to work, go run in and get me a pack of cigarettes and I would get her a pack of cigarettes. Well, I walked into a deli in Forest Hills, um, I think me and my boy cut school and we bought a 40 ounce of OE because, you know, that's what you drank, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I just it didn't really taste good I, I definitely definitely did not taste good you know and uh but I drank it as you should um when you're like 12 years old and you know trying to trying to drink something um yeah and that was that was a good memory I remember walking around with it in a brown bag okay you know thinking that uh you know no one would know that I was uh 12 years old drinking a 40 <laughs> the, the cloak of invisibility <laughs> Yeah, it's the invisibility cloak, right? Like, yo, if I put this brown bag, like all the hobos do it. <laughs> blend right then in. I'll blend right in. And you know what? No one says shit because it's New York. And a 12-year-old yeah. drinking a 40 is probably the most normal thing you yes. would have seen in like 1992. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or everybody's running around too worried about what they got going on that the last thing they, they're going to stop and do is correct some some strange kid. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Definitely, definitely. Uh, all right, y'all ready for this second beer? Yes, I am. I'm ready for the second one. All right, let's ready, do Lucky? Dessert. All right, so <laughs> all we're in there. All, all, all accounted for. Uh, the second one we're going to try is from the Almanac Beer Company. It is their Westley Crusher. It's a West Coast IPA, clocking it at a 6.3% ABV, and that one's brewed out of California. So whenever so, you're ready. you know, I think this one, because, uh, again, the artwork mm -hmm. was fire. It has, like, a cat in a spacesuit. Yeah. And uh, gave me, like, yeah. a Star Trek, like, a Star Trek vibe. And, okay. um, you know, cats and spaceships, I mean, <laughs> like, how could you? How could you go wrong? How could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was a whole Marvel movie based on the cat having the secret. Like the 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 key to the universe was around a cat's necklace. At like crazy. Or one oh, of those. was it? Wait, wasn't that um? What's that? Uh, you want the same cup or you want another cup? You sure you don't want me to? You know you don't want you don't want to you don't want to mess up the your scent palette. Okay, all right. Your scent palette is that even a thing? A scent palette? I think we're gonna make it a thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't want to do these dishes. No, I just, I'm very big into smelling things. Correct. And not, and not tampering with the last fragrance with the new, fr I got yeah. you, got you. Okay. So I'm going to say this one is kind of similar to the other one. Okay. As far as the smell, um, just light and fragrant. 
different. I feel very light. This is lighter than the other one. Gotcha. I yes. feel like I'm drinking a light beer right now. And it's mm. better than IPA. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it so- says that it's dry hop with citra and mosaic. Mosaic. Mosaic hops. Okay. What does that mean? So uh, mosaic and citra are two styles of hops. Um, and what, uh, typically the hops are what, so a lot of times when you drink IPAs, you'll get kind of like a citrusy flavor or, or they'll make IPAs where they'll, what, um, they'll make IPAs with that. They'll, they'll, how do you say they'll, uh, they'll promote as like a pineapple IPA or, you know, this okay. IPA. And there, there very few times there's actually any, uh, adjuncts or any, um, additives to, to these IPAs. What they do is they'll. They'll they'll use the the hops that are most similar, or the hops that give off a certain like a grapefruit like taste or aroma, or pineapple. So they and they'll combine different hops. As far as the um, the the dry hopping, it's a term. <clears throat> excuse me, it's a term for adding hops late in the brewing process. So it's so you start off with hops and then you'll add hops again later in the brewing process. Okay. So. Um, Work. Oh, that's actually, that's double, that's double dry hop. So yes, so dry hopping alone is just, you know, you add it later in the brewing process and then there's, there's also double dry hops. So, so yeah, that's what you got there. Um, what, so what do you guys think of that one overall? I think it's good. I think it's like, I think, um, it's too similar to the other one. Okay. Personally. Yeah. I was expecting it different. Huh? I was expecting it different. Yeah. He said, uh, like he said, he was expecting it to be different. Got you. Um, uh, I was expecting it to be different too, but. Man, I should have probably read the beer before I picked something based on uh, a <laughs> name. What was the first one? The first one? Was like, a, what kind? A new, oh, it was a, it, new, it was a oh, New England. Also not it was a New England. IPA, yeah. But still, IPA. That's yeah. crazy. There's like so light for IPA. Yeah, crazy. I was thinking it would be a little bit, you know, a little bit like fuller. Hard yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, the fact that they're right around that 6% ABV. That's typically light for an IPA, which is it's unheard of oh, because okay. because your you know your regular your usual suspects as far as you know your lagers that you buy at a store that most people are familiar with they top off at about five so so yeah so six is is light for an IPA they they get heavier they definitely get and heavier. this is as you could tell from what you quote what you asked me at, in the beginning mm-hmm. this is the complete opposite of oh, what I told you I like correct. You. Yes, this is true. This is true. <laughs> the complete opposite. That's why I, I can't claim to be like, you know, a beer connoisseur. Gotcha. You know, like I like it. And, you know, you throw a couple of these my way after like, you know, drinking one of them. I'll be like, hey, this is great. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I've gotten that in the past too. There, people were like, yeah, I, I normally don't drink this type of beer. But depending on where it sits in the sample process, they're like, yeah, this is great. But I wouldn't. It's like, I, I don't, you know, they, they've, they've warmed up so much with the first couple of beers that by the time the third one comes around, everything tastes pretty good. Even if it's something that yeah. they, they wouldn't mess with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dope. All right. So you want to get into this tap or turntable? Uh, yeah. Let's yeah, do it. Let's do tap or turntable. All right, sure. cool. So my people, I broke down the rules. I'm going to read off a couple names and then Lex is going to take a shot at it and tell me whether he thinks that's something you would find on a tap at a brewery or on a turntable. So the first one we're going to go is with uh, Out of Ink. Oh, Out of Ink? I mean, obviously Turntable. That's what it sounds like to me. Okay. That one's actually a brew. <laughs> That's a beer from, co- <laughs> from Corporate Ladder. So you would find that on tap. Okay. You're doing just definitely fine. A not, out of Ink, definitely like a 90s, 
if, if it was an album, I would say it would be like a '90s rap group from like Boston. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's where it would come that, from. That wasn't but named the. That wasn't the name, the Almighty RSO, right? It was like some other <laughs> rap group from Boston. Yeah, exactly. The only other one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dope. Excellent. All right, let's get into this next one. The next one I'm gonna, it's gonna, it's called Antiquity. I'm gonna say Tap. Next, that's a turntable. That's uh, that's actually an album from a, a West Coast California based group called Lexicon. Uh, they oh, had, they had a joint. That. They had a joint called Nike Head. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's go. Uh, this is this is this is working out. I mean, I might this might turn into like stump the guest. That's you know going forward. Well, no. See, nah, I already. I'm. A, I'm. A, I, I got you. I got you. The next one, I got. Okay. All right. Here we go. You. Here we go. The third and final one, Space Grass. We, space or base? Space. Like like the cat with the the cat in space. space, <laughs> space. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say cat. Damn, there he is. Got it, got it. Yes, sir. One space. for three. Yeah, that's a, an IPA from Angry Chair Brewing out in Tampa. Not bad, not bad. Well, you set the you set I the, mean, you set the bar, Lex. You set the bar. Thank you. I would say if that was a rap though, if that was like a turntable, that would be like uh like an affiliate of like people under the stairs. Mm, yeah. They yeah. have an album called that. Got you. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> dope. Dope. RIP double K. Um, let's get into yes, ready for, RIP. Yes. Y'all ready for this third beer? Yes. I'm ready for the third beer. You ready right. for the third beer? Let's do it. All right. So All right. This, let's this see. Uh, we'll do it. Let's, which one is that? The clown, the clown shoes. shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. This one definitely got to taste different. Oh, yes. Because, you. yeah, this is a whole other style altogether. Uh, look. Style, texture is, yeah. This one right here is from Clown Shoes Brewing. It is their Mocha Sombrero. It's an American stout. Yes, sir. American stout clocking in at a 7% ABV and is brewed in Massachusetts. Speaking of uh, rap groups that might have had an album. Most chocolatey chocolate stout. Mm. Yeah, yeah. A rap group that might have had definitely would be like, um, you know, like the Mexican homies that were down with Insane Clown Posse. Who's that? That would, that would be these guys. Okay. Okay. That would be them. So yeah, clown shoe. Got you. <laughs> yeah. It just came, it just got me. I just <laughs> thank God I'm not drinking, bro, because I would have been like, I don't get it. But now it just hit me. Oh, you're not you're not drinking today? No, you know what? No, no, I am gonna crack one. I am gonna crack one uh, okay. before we get into this fourth one. This one's good. I like this one. Very different. This one's fire. This one's different for sure. This one like I wouldn't get, I wouldn't like drink more than one, but I would drink one to like switch the palate between like. I dessert beer. Dessert beer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you couldn't hear, he said this would be like a dessert beer. Like, yes. Awesome. Like, I just had some steak and potatoes. Now I'm just going to have a, this dessert chocolate Mexican style. Uh, what is this? What is this called again? It's a the, uh, Mexican style chocolate stout, what it says. Yeah. So that you guys, you guys hit it on the head for, for not being beer connoisseurs. You guys described it. You're not going to drink a lot of those. That's just going to be kind of like, you know, end of the night, just chill. Um, you know what I'm saying? Maybe uh, after dinner, you have, you know, half a glass or whatever, a full one if, you, if you're feeling like it, if you're that thirsty. But you described it. That's it. That's something you have towards the end. Or if you go out to drink, you have maybe one or two of these. It's not like you're going to do, you're not going to make a session out of it. You're not going to sit there and drink yeah. for an extended period of time. It's good, though. It's okay. good. It's different. I like it. I like different, and this definitely 
uh, checks off that box for nice. me. Nice. And it smells nice. There you go. It, there you go. It has like a coffee smell though. A little more coffee mm-hmm. than There's probably something roasted. Chocolate. Yeah, something roasted in there. I'm sure there's probably coffee involved. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, the one I'm going to get into while you guys are enjoying that one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get one to one here. It is from Tripping Animals Brewing. It is their Strawberry Pop. I mean, I'm sorry, Strawberry Pow. The reason I said pop is because it's an actual sour. It's a fruited kettle sour that's made to kind of like imitate a strawberry soda. Oh, dope. Dope. Does it smell strawberry-ish? It does. It's not like a strong strawberry, but it definitely is very, it's a, it's a sour beer, but it's not heavy on the tart. And um, it does have that fizz. Um, and it's funny because the I'm going to describe the label. The label on the can is actually a can of, of Fanta. But in front of the actual Fanta name, they have a, 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 a tree frog. Just like posted. It's actually, it's a high tree frog. So Tripping Animals does this thing with all their can designs that everyone has an animal on it. Some sort of animal. And then they, Where are they from? Uh, they're in Doral. Okay, dope. So, um, and all their animals have this high look to them. Like their eyes are bulging, their, their eyelids are heavy. There's usually a yellowish tint to, <laughs> to, the, to the eyes and whatnot. So, so this is good. Tripping. Yeah, this is it. This one's a 6%. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not bad at all. I'm messing with it. So, damn, it's a shame that I'm not there. I like to, that's not something interesting does it have a very strawberry flavor to it or, or I, I think they'll they don't have a, a a bunch of flavors all at once i think they'll always go back and maybe create a different flavor this is the first one that i've seen but it seems like it's part of their um they have a series called fresco series so i'm sure they'll they'll hit on like probably a grape one at one time if they haven't already or a pineapple one kind of like just to match the fanta flavors i think i'm gonna have to like bleep out fanta i don't know if they might get a a cease and desist <laughs> Like, I'm over here snitching on them. Like, yeah, it's like Fanta. No, no, that'd be fine. Cool, cool. Um, What do we got? Okay, before we get into this this last beer and and you give us the one through four, um, you you mentioned it a little bit earlier. Uh, You said you're typically typically someone who enjoys a a blue moon or a beer down that that vein or that lane. Yeah, like a Belgian-style beer. Got you, okay. Like, I, you know, I went to a quick story when I lived in the UK and I was touring. I went to, uh, we had to go, we had to leave the country every so often um, to get our visa stamped. And one of the places we went to was this place in France. And uh, I remember going with the, the, the tour manager and he drove, he drove his car onto one of these like uh, ferries. Okay. And, and um, we, went to, we went to this place in France. It was called Calais, France. And we went to a, uh, like a beer and wine warehouse. Like if you took, and this is very uncommon for like Europe because they don't really have like your Walmart style stores Okay. where like they're just mega, mega stores. But if you took like uh total wine and you turned it into a fucking Walmart, that's what it was. And mm. I, and I just, and I just went and I picked all these Belgian style beers because I like Blue Moon. And that was like the closest thing that I could find to like, you know, a blue mm-hmm. moon out there. So I definitely like the Belgian style wheat, wheat ales, nice. if I said it correctly. Yeah. No, you're good. Uh, the It's funny because I, I could recall Blue Moon and um, 
Oh, Amber Bach were two of the beers that I had tried um, early on where, and this is before I even got into craft beer, but that was one of those beers where I was like, oh, I'm going to try something different. You know, I'm not going to have a Heineken. I'm not going to have a Corona. I'm like, I felt like I was doing something. Like I was making progress in life. I'm like, I'm, what's this you Amber so Bach? Fancy, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, three seconds away from drinking it with a pinky up, you know, I was like, oh, this, this feels like I feel more distinguished now that I'm having this. This blue. Oh, and they put an orange slice on it. Like, what kind of innovation is this? You know. Yo, for real. You know what? That's what it was about the about the blue moon. Is the orange slice. Yeah, yeah. And then when and they then, hit you with that orange slice, you're like, uh-huh. what? I've seen a lemon. I've seen a lime. Yes. Never seen an orange. Yes. You just fucked my whole life up. You changed <laughs> changed the game on me. What the fuck are you doing over here? <laughs> yes, this is so true, man. It's, it's so true. Um, and then. Belgians do have a, a good, um, good, a good amount. They're brewed with a good amount. Typically, the Belgian, the true Belgians, are brewed with a good amount of uh, coriander and, and orange peel. So that's why there's that connection for you there between right. the, the Belgians. Coriander for for those of you who don't know is cilantro. Yeah. See, there you go. You know, we, so they they call it coriander. When I went to when I lived in, in England, I'm like, hey, you know where you get some cilantro? And they're like. Uh, you mean coriander? I'm like, yeah, that that's that's what I need, you know. And that what's the other one that they say differently? Um, uh, fuck, what is it called? Um, damn it, it's called rocket in the UK, but in 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 America, it's called uh, cumin or something. Or no, no, no it's like a leaf. <laughs> oh, it's like a uh, it's like a, like a green, like a lettuce. It's uh, oh, God damn it, I hate what they say. Uh, it's uh, your fault. Th- it, it's your fault, Ed. You got me half <laughs> I had three sips of beer, and that's it. I'm, I'm a mess now. We'll, we'll, we'll get back. We have we have quite a bit to record. It'll pop into your head at the most awkward time, and I just want you to spit it out. Just like no matter what we're talking about it at that point, just yell it out, whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> I got. Holy shit! Um, let's get into this. Uh, let's get into this fourth beer. I mean, no, no better time than the present. Okay. Yeah. Let me. Uh, let me get started. So, I mean, if you guys, you know, Ed, if you want to keep this part in your, in the podcast, I'm completely cool with it. Let's do um, it. The intro and everything like that. However you want to do it, we can do it. Can you hit record for me? Please, Lucky. That's, see, I got, I'm, I brought him here to get him drunk and hit record. And then, yeah. And then give him tasks. <laughs> yeah. I should give him tasks. They can do shit. I'm like, hey, you want to hang out, buddy, pal? Just, uh, I need you to be my producer for, for a temporary. Are we, we good? He's just at the top. Um, you could bend that a little, like you could bend it a little forward, like you see the little joint over there. Yeah, back. I mean, so when people tuned in, we're actually we're actually melding. There's gonna be like a, a unison of both the no hype and Bruce Beast and East the podcast. You're, you're hearing it happen right now. So yeah, right, yeah, right now we got the lights and everything set up. We're about to start, um, start my YouTube show in the middle of your podcast, and we're gonna do like a bootleg mashup inception uh, type <laughs> yeah this is dope yeah yeah so for the first time ever uh let me see all right i'm gonna put you on speakerphone so i can take off my headphones got you see how that works yo ed can you hear me i hear you loud and clear my good man do i sound loud and clear yes you do okay perfect all right and so now we're on my show <laughs> What up, everybody? Welcome to No Hype. Today, we are going to do a No Hype first, and this is the intro. Um, and we're going to be talking about a hip-hop beer. A lot of the people in hip-hop are 
roaming out into the world of beer. And today I'm going to do my very first beer review on No Hype. All right. Um, so today we have the Hackensack Brewing Co. Ahuga. It's a Imperial Pilsner. 7.8 alcohol content, which is kind of like, that was a piece of ice falling in case you didn't know, mm. which is, which out of, uh, out of the three beers I drank today, and you guys have no idea that I have drank three beers prior to this because I've been on a podcast. I am on the Bruise and Eats podcast hosted by Old Man Ed, who is actually on the phone right now. What up, what up? Hey, what's what up? going on? It's Bruce Beast and Easter Podcast. I am your host, Ohad Edvad. It's a pleasure to be on No Hype remotely. This is dope, man. Lex, thank you so much for uh, for actually bringing this idea into the fold. I'm loving it. Yo, thank you for having me. So Ed hit me up, and he's like, yo, I want you to come on the podcast. Ed is from hometown, which is South Florida, Broward, Miami area. And he, uh, he reached out to me a while ago. Just couldn't make it really happen at the time. I had some time to do it. Unfortunately, I couldn't actually make it down to um, where he usually does the podcast. So we're doing it remotely. So I got him on the phone here. I'm actually wrapping up his podcast. And in the middle of that, we are going to be talking about this incredible beer that was sent to me by hip hop legends. Now, when you talk about hip hop and you talk about um, the type of people who have been around in hip hop since day one, you have like the contributors of hip hop. And then you have people who were involved in hip hop before there was even a culture, mm. before you could even, um, before they knew to call it the, part of the culture, before they knew what they were doing was going to turn into this big, huge thing. And you have a legendary group called um, awesome the two. Awesome Two. Yes. That's right. And, and Awesome Two are responsible for a lot of music, but they're also responsible for the progression of the culture, right? When there were no radio hip hop shows, yeah. there was like Mr. Magic, um, there was Awesome Two. And if you listen to Karis One, he says, I used to listen to Awesome Two on WHBI. Yes. And that right there is how I knew who the Awesome Two was, because to be honest with you, they were before my knowledge of, uh, my time finding out about hip hop. And as I got older, I dug into crates and, you know, started paying more attention and understanding the stuff I was listening to. And I, you know, knew about awesome too. So Teddy Ted from awesome Two reached out to me and he said, yo, I got a beer I want to send you. And I'm like, I was super excited because Damn. I'm like, yo, this guy just reached out to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know, <laughs> I know who awesome Two is. And, um, they sent me this beer and they actually sent me a dope care package, which they sent me the beer and uh, Teddy Ted sent me a t-shirt, which has the Ahuga artwork on it. The same nice. artwork that's on the beer. You guys can see it here. And if you're listening on the podcast, you could check out my show. And if you're watching the show, you could check out the podcast and hear the, the whole thing. Um, and I was like, word. And he even guessed my size, got it right. And, but honestly, besides the beer and the shirt, my favorite part, is this letter he sent me a letter with wow. his with his beer and he signed it and it says hello alex he called me by my government he didn't call me by my rap name so <clears throat> said we need uh teddy said we need to work on that buddy um he said here is the awesome two ahuga beer i appreciate how you promote hip-hop for the collectors on your ig and your youtube page as i am a collector too i definitely wanted you to have this ode to hip-hop collectible can from the awesome two and he signed it teddy ted 
Ahuga. So, Ahuga. Uh, yes. <laughs> so I was like, I was, that letter to me is like the best part of it. And, um, you know, again, it's all about the story. So, Ed, I'm going to hand it back to you. Tell me what we're going to do. Let's get this convo going. I'm ready to crack this beer open and share with uh, my co-host, Lucky. Definitely, yo, Lex, man, you did a hell of a job. I mean, I, I'm, I, I might even consider you as a stand-in uh, a host for this show in the near future when I, when I take a vacation. But you covered pretty much all the, ba- the bases. You, you, named it, you said it was from Hackensack Brewing Company. There's their Ahuga. It is an Imperial Pilsner, and it clocks in at 7.8%, which you mentioned, and it's from New Jersey. Um, an Imperial Pilsner, anything Imperial means that it's a, it's a bigger and fuller bodied version of the base style. In this case, the base style is the Pilsner. Um, you could have also Imperial Stouts. Uh, so it's just a fuller, fuller, heavier beer than the, the, the original one. Also, Pilsners for 7.8, that, that's a pretty good uh, ABV for a Pilsner. And um, yeah, you, you covered it, man. Awesome, too. From the, from the you know around from the inception i mean you can't you can't celebrate 40 years of being on the airwaves without damn near being there at the beginning of hip-hop so and that's what they're doing with this beer so yo i I mean fellas enjoy and y'all let me know what you think all right i'm gonna crack this open right now Ooh, okay we got a squirter we got a squirter all right now i'm surprised that this beer came intact to be honest with you okay. um, because it traveled via the mail. And a lot of times when like run the jewels or other people have beer releases, they don't ship to Florida and, and probably because the beer will not make it there. Mm. So I hope that this beer being shaken around and, and moved and traveling uh, didn't damage its taste or anything like that, but we'll give it a chance. What does it smell like to you, Mike? Smells a little light, like the other one, right? It smells a little. It smells lighter than at least the um the clown shoes we just drank. Okay. No, doesn't taste lighter. Mm-hmm. It tastes more full. Mm-hmm. Um, but very smooth. Okay. Definitely very smooth. I'm a fan of smooth. I really like this. Can I talk about the artwork on this for a do, second? Please do. Please do. Um. So the artwork. You know, it has uh, Awesome 2 on here, and then it has crates. And Mm. the crates are are labeled. It says Funk Rock and has Parliament, Funkadelic in it, um, Miscellaneous, and then it has uh, an Awesome 2 sticker on it with a Cool in the Gang record. Um, It has uh, a crate that says Hackensack, a crate that says Electro. Uh, It has a crate that says funk and soul, another crate that says early funk, soul and disco, miscellaneous hip hop, funkadelic, soul, jazz, 80s funk, rare funk and funk. And you know, ultimately all of that is hip hop. 100%. Indeed. That's excellent. Yeah, shout out to Teddy Ted and Special K, man. Thank you, Teddy Ted, for this. This beer is actually quite delicious. And uh, if you're, if you guys are listening, and where can they find this beer? Damn. Um, if you go, if you go on to um, uh, what was it, uh, Hackensack Brewing, you can check to see if they do ship in your area. 
Um, another way to find out if they have the beer in your area is uh, through, man, I should, we should yo, Untapped. Cut the check. Uh, it's an app called Untapped, U-N-T-A-P-P-D.com, or you download the app. And you could, uh, if you're looking for certain beers in your area, you'll punch it into the uh, search of that app, and it'll tell you if there's any nearby you. Uh, but you could always go straight to Hackensack Brewing. And they have a, they'll usually have like a check to see if we deliver in your area. There's also other apps that do kind of look for, get those beers from you, but I'm not going to mention any more names until like somebody puts the paper out. So, you know, it's all about get that paper, son. So I'm going to. Right. Get that paper, son. Cut that check. Untapped. So yeah, yeah check out Hackensack Brewing Co. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, make sure to check out Teddy Ted and Special K on Instagram. When I edit this video down, I'll make sure to shout it out. Um, yeah, so thanks for watching. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, follow me on Instagram, and don't forget to make sure to check out the Brews, Beef, and Eats podcast yes. wherever you listen to podcasts, all right? Check them out. You'll hear the full podcast with me on it, drinking beers. That's why my face is a little red right now. And, um, and yeah, peace. Peace. And just like that, all you right. guys just witnessed, uh, I think I'm going to say it's history. I don't know how often people have encountered a YouTube channel that happened in the midst of the podcast they're listening to. Yes, I that's right. I don't think that's normal. I think that's the first. I think we did a first. We did, you know, um, a review cast. Yep, exactly. I think. Yeah, exactly. A pod view. Or, or the first <laughs> time like, you heard a podcast on a on a YouTube video reviewing something. So yeah, we're, we're yeah. breaking grounds. We're breaking ground. Yeah, man. You know, it's all about you know, it's all about creating, bro. That's it. Yes, yo, and shouts to you, Lex, for even like manifesting an idea like that. That's so dope, man. And and you allowing me to be part of that. That's great, bro. I appreciate it. Hey, man. Thank you for being a part of it. It just you know, it's all about timing and synergy. And you just hit me up at the same time when. When Teddy said hit me up and I'm and I'm like, wait, wait, how can I make this yeah. beneficial for nice. everybody? Nice. Dope. Well, after that's being said and done, um, the only thing I ask of of you to wrap this this segment of the episode up is the one through four, your most favorite to your least favorite of the four beers you had today. Um, okay. So my most favorite is probably going to be the Clown Shoes Mocha Sombrero. Okay. And that's because it was just different, Got you. to be honest with you. And I just had two light-tasting beers back-to-back, -back, and they taste pretty similar, and this one tasted different, and I like different. So I'm going to go with that. My um, my second favorite was the uh, Ahuga. Okay. Definitely li like that one. Um. The, the most and it probably if I had an, another one of these other beers here then I probably would have ended up picking this one first because this one is actually really good gotcha. my opinion Lucky what do you think you're one through four Ahuga is the top one Ahuga is the top one for you yeah okay probably followed by the first one we had the first one yeah. which was the uh, that was all the, in the, the game thin, yo. all in the game the thin man yeah yeah so all solid all solid nice okay so that was so but then what was your second your third and fourth then Realistically, the the dark one would be last for me. Okay, I like it, but like I also like to drink like bad beers. Okay, so that would be like a one beer. All right, so yeah, so so that beer. Okay, so so then actually, so then number three for him would be the Wesley Crusher. Okay, and then number four for him would be the uh, Clown Shoes. Uh, the Mocha Sombrero. Yeah, so okay, Mocha Sombrero. Nice, yeah. dope, dope, my peoples. 
We got twice the rating. We got twice the guests. We got a co-host on the other end. We got Lex One, and we still have two more segments to go. Y'all know what it is. Stay tuned. It's Bruce Beats and Eats. What about the beats? The beats. Beats. The beats. The beats. Beats. Bruce Beast and he's the podcast and we're back. Still got Lex One and Lucky in the building or in their building. <laughs> I'm in my <laughs> own building, <laughs> but we're making it work. We're making it happen. Um, this is the beats portion of the podcast. Typically, this is where I would ask uh, my guests or we would get to know our guests, uh, musical taste, uh, what they, we could find on their playlist, um, so on and so forth. But we have, we have a, a platinum recording artist in the house. So, we're going to detour. We're going to deviate from the original plan. And we're going to talk about things like, uh, you know, Wizard Sleeve, a little more about Wizard Sleeve. We're going to talk about t- doing 98 shows in, in, in a span of, what was it, a year? Yeah, in a year in the UK. In the UK, okay. And then, uh, and then eventually, you know, we'll get into uh, the most recent project, uh, which was, what, the Midnight Crisis Let's talk a little bit about that and um and yeah and we'll see what else what else might come from lex one as far as music but let's start at the beginning um lex what got you into music to, to first and foremost um you know i mentioned in the beginning i was a latchkey child and i kind of you know i think around the time where people were discovering comic books i was discovering rappers and i was thinking that these rappers were superheroes like mm-hmm. they you know when Wu-Tang was probably, well, Run DMC was the first cassette I bought, and it was Down With The King, uh, whatever album that was on. Uh, and after that, I bought the Enter The 36 Chambers CD. And, you know, if you could picture yourself listening to music, like uh, consciously listening to music for the first time, you know, not just your mom playing it or somebody playing it. Like you bought something, you listen to it, and I think I bought the Wu-Tang Enter the 36 Chambers. I was with my mom at a department store. They had a music section. And I decided to buy a CD. And this one looked crazy. You know, it had the dudes in masks on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, what is this? And I popped it in. And the first thing you hear is like, Shaolin Shadowbox. Wu-Tang Source Time. What you say is true. Right? You hear that on a music album. You're like, what? You know, as a kid, it just creates this like theater of the mind, you know? And um, then you hear them rapping and the shit that they're talking about. And then they have aliases, you know? And, and you know, you got Inspector Deck saying, swinging through your hood like your neighborhood Spider-Man. And, like, all that shit just, it was like, it was literally painting a picture in real time in my head, you know, listening to that as a kid. Uh, and after that, I looked at these rappers as like as superheroes really i compared them to the people in the comics you know because they all had their styles they all sound like you know in the 90s and not to sound old because you know now music is more especially in in like hip-hop is more about a vibe Mm -hmm. but and and the vibes cross over and more times than none they sound very similar yeah right to where you know in the 90s and hip-hop music sounded similar because it came from the same era but it was very different in terms of everybody was trying to sound as different as they could. True. You know, and being different was welcomed a lot more where here it's applauded. If you sound familiar, if you sound like something, somebody knows they gravitate to you more back then, 
my perspective was if you sounded different, you were applauded more. Mm. And, uh, you know, so like if you take like your Biggie Smalls, to me, when I listened to Biggie as a kid, I thought about him like Kingpin, mm. you know? the comic book character Kingpin and yeah. you know I thought of Rizza as this wise you know uh, kung fu master you know who you know who taught all the other people kind of just the avid just like what he said he was yeah. is like yeah. what I thought he was you know so you know and then KRS-One was like you're like the, almost like the punisher like a vigilante like down a crush up and kill all the whack shit you know yeah that that's what that's what got me into music was just really hip hop and I was raised by those people and their morals and the things that they said. And, you know, I would buy magazines, I would read interviews. And, um, you know, person that really spoke to me a lot was, was when they interviewed the RZA. And I would kind of like try to formulate my, my own decisions in music after, after him, because he was just groundbreaking and not only how he made music, but his approach to the business, you know? And yeah. even though Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang is, is legendary in all mm-hmm. sense of the way. Like if you look at Wu-Tang and you see how how they are still a big part of the culture, it's like Jimi Hendrix per se. Mm-hmm. People may not even know who he is or how his music sounds, but they know who Jimi Hendrix is. Correct. They know the name yeah. and the brand. You can go to Forever 21 and get a Wu-Tang shirt. Mm-hmm. You could buy a pair of Crocs and get a, the Wu-Tang Crocs, right? You know, they're just, a legendary group where they may not have sold as much as Bad Boys, they may not have sold as much as the other people, but they are just synonymous with hip hop. Like you know, when you think of hip hop, you think of them, and you think of a lot of different other people. But, um, but yeah, it was just that whole movement that really that just kind of you know changed the way like I approach life in general. Got you. You know, they raised me. Who thanks for the children? And I was yeah. one of them children. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they they set you down that path. That's dope. That's dope. At what point in time did you decide, yo, you know what? I'm I'm gonna give this music thing a go. Um, when I was 16, I remember. I still remember making that decision. I was uh, I moved to Florida uh, when I was like 15, um, and I started going to raves. I started like doing ecstasy and all types of crazy drugs and going to raves. And I remember one day. I was coming down off of some shit. I don't know. I must have been up to like a week or something, just being a crazy, wild teen. Uh, and I, I was on the phone with my pops, and I'm like, Dad, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a record label. I'm going to make my own music. I'm going to sell my own music. I'm going to produce my own music. I'm going to do everything. And I remember having that conversation with him. And then after that, I just dedicated all my energy wow. to doing that. I started I started DJing. Um, not knowing how to DJ, I started DJing, buying records, not even knowing what records, like what kind of music to to buy. I learned how to mix, um, you know, doing mostly dance music at the time because I was going to rage. And I, and gotcha. I, my, my thing was mixing dance music and hip hop together. Okay. You know, that was kind of my thing. And at the time it was drum and bass because drum and bass, and this is if you produce, um, you'll understand what I'm saying right now. Uh, drum and bass was typically 180 BPM. And at the time, most hip hop was around 90 BPM. So you could literally half time any hip hop record over a drum and bass record and it would go. And it would be pretty funky, but like numerically, the beats would match, yeah. you know, and you would have a half time snare over a really fast, like, tap, 
tap, boom, tap, boom, tap. And then you have the little snare that kind of hits somewhere in the middle of that. Right. And it was really dope. So you could either take an acapella um, and throw it over a drum, an acapella of hip hop and throw it over a drum and bass record. But I love to just take the whole hip hop record and let it ride out over a drum and bass record wow. and just create this whole, you know, vibe. And I mean, it's not, I didn't create that, by the way. There was cats doing that shit forever. But the fact that drum and bass, which is uh, a, a dance music that came from the UK, and mind you, if you went to like a hip hop club in America at the same time, uh, drum and bass parties were going down in the UK, you would see the same type of crowd there. Okay. Right? You would see like your, uh, for lack of better words, your urban crowd at a drum and bass party. If you mm -hmm. went to a drum and bass party in America, you'd pretty much see a bunch of white people. Yeah. Unless you were in um, Miami where, you know, it would be a bunch of white people and a bunch of Hispanic people. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, you know, those things, you know, uh, being from two separate parts of the world were very similar and it just turned out to be that the dance music in the UK that I was into went perfectly with the music that I grew up listening to in America. And I just, you know, that was kind of my thing, you know? Nice. And that's kind of how I got my start. And then later on, I started producing. Um, I started producing in probably 99. Uh, I bought a MPC 2000. I got, I got my, one of my first credit cards from Guitar Center and I bought an MPC 2000 in cash and I bought a Korg Triton mm. uh, on credit. Uh, yeah, so the NPC 2000 I bought with money from selling drugs, right? How cliche is that? And then uh, I bought the Corey Triton on credit. And um, to be honest with you, bro, I barely like knew what I was doing with that shit. It, it wasn't until I got software okay. that I learned how to how to make a beat, which wasn't too long after that. You know, and Sony Acid Pro, I believe it was maybe 3.0, I think was the first thing that I started making beats on. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. It's regardless whether you knew what you were doing or not, you knew what you wanted to do, and yeah. that makes a world of difference. And that paired with the nature you have of you mentioned it earlier, the nature of um, once you get into something, you really get into it. That's that's a great thing to have because then that's what propels people past that point of of like uncertainty. Like I know I want to do this, but I but if you have that about you where you're like you know, you become like enthralled in something then you're definitely going to see, you're going to see it through until you get something back. And, you know. Yeah. And it was always like a little bit, you know, it was like just little things that kept me going. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I used to go to these raves and there was like a group of kids who were hip hop kids, right? Yeah. And they also DJ drum and bass, but they you would go to the raves and they weren't dressed like a raver. They were wearing baggy clothes and they were wearing like Echo and they were in all this crazy shit. Yeah. And when they accepted me, most likely because I was selling them ecstasy, yeah. right? Yeah. And they accepted me and they would be like, yo, you know, I spit some rhymes for them. They'd be like, yo, that shit is dope. And, you know, when I look at it now, they probably were telling me it was dope because, you know, they were hoping that maybe I would give them free pills or maybe <laughs> I would been. hook it them up. Been. Yeah, it could have been. No, it probably was. Let's be real here because, you know, when I was 19, like, I never really had anyone to teach me how to do none of this stuff. I, I had to learn. And I went a very long time kind of like rapping off beat and putting too many words mm. in a sentence. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh until until somebody actually showed me the right way to do it. You know, and it's funny, I remember quick detour, um, but it's very applicable to what we're talking about. Bam from the Jungle Brothers was okay. coming around the studio. 
uh, that I had in Fort Lauderdale at High Top Studio in around 2007. He started coming around. He brought he brought down King Sun, and then I started getting wow. really cool with King Sun. Okay. And um, I remember I approached Bam. I'm like, Yo, Bam, could you manage my group, Major League? And my group was me, um, this, my boy Mike Beats, who's now known as Third World Don, and uh, my boy Verbal Kush. And I remember he came through while we were recording our first mixtape, which was actually hosted by Drink Champs, Nori and EFN. Uh, back in 2008, and um, he came through, and I was trying to spit some bars over uh, like I we redid a we did a 90s theme mixtape, which was where we redid the classics. So like I I produced the beat, I redid the beat Muccini from Camp Low. Okay, and uh, I remember <laughs> Bam from the Jungle Brothers coming in, and he was literally clapping this is how you fit these bars he came into the booth bro and he literally wow. gave me like an abc lesson in front of all my friends my my boys were laughing at me and um what i got from it i was happy bro i was excited i'm like yo bam just tries to teach me how to do something yeah you know like i grew up listening to you know one of the early things that one of the early songs that I had on cassette was, you know, um, Girl I House You, uh, yeah. House you, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was one of the early things. So to have him there, you know, trying to like teach me how to do something, I was extremely honored by it. I didn't take it the other way while my friends were like, oh, Yo, you know, like, I guess they felt bad for me or whatever, but me, I was like, nah, man. Yeah, they were taking you know? it as like, you got son, but. The thing is that what we don't, and of course, not everybody's, I'm saying this now as, a, as an older person, and I un, kind of like have some understanding of how life works. You could easily take it as either, oh, yeah, I know, he, you know, a negative thing, or you could say, no, this guy bothered. Like, he, like, he could have just simply like, what is this cat doing? Walk away and left it at that. But he took the time to go, yo, this is how you do it. Which he, yeah. didn't, he didn't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's where... That's what that's what differentiates someone sunning someone to someone actually wanting to like take the time to look this. I'm telling you this is because this is how you this is how it's done, and you taking exactly. away from it. Yeah, and you know rap and hip hop is very ego driven. Yes, you know, oh, so yeah. it can, that, a situation like that could go two ways. It could really hurt your ego. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or it could hurt your ego for other people watching the situation. Correct. You know, right. or, you know, or it could not, you know what I'm saying? And for me, like, I never really had much ego with what I did. Um, I just wanted to, to do things that people related to. So, Word. That, Word. yeah. Dope. No, and you did it, man. I, like I said, you know what? One, two, three, four. What, four, five albums later, four albums later, uh, you, you ended up, the last one you dropped was The Midnight Crisis in 2018. Am I correct? Yes, 2000, yeah, that Midnight Crisis was the last thing I did. Yes, so, yeah. I mean, four albums later, um, and, and, you know, and even accomplishing what you did as far as having a studio, starting from, going from a place where you, you know, you did everything you could to put together some equipment, not knowing what you were getting into or how you were going to do it, but just the will uh, and the want to do it, the desire to do it. And it took you to that point, man. I mean, 2018, you had a, you had a, a guest verse from Conway the Machine, which... For any underground hip-hop head, you know exactly who that is. And a year or two later, 
everybody knows who he is or or most people that I even talk to on this on this podcast it's like when I ask them yo who do you listen to nowadays and it's like Griselda that's the first thing that comes out of their mouth so that's you that definitely man I, I applaud all accomplishments man that's a great thing I, I appreciate that you know that's funny you say that 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 record um that was probably the record that made me stop making music it didn't make me stop making music but I stopped making music after that record because Something happened, you know, like I had a fallout with my boy who I made that record with and mm. who I loved very much, you know, super, super close with him. And it just, we just had a horrible falling out gotcha. and it just got really nasty. But before that, I remember making that record and I must have recorded that verse like four times. And I still wasn't happy with it the fourth time. I just gave up. Mm. I just gave up because I knew it would have been a good look to have Conway on the, on the, on the album. And I needed to put that out. I yeah. I got something that sonically sounded okay, but you know I was I was never ever happy with that verse, and wow. I just I just couldn't do nothing else with it. So I just you know I put it out there. There's other joints on there that I absolutely love that I'm like are incredible, and of course the Conway joint sticks out the most to people because it is Conway, and Conway is a beast, and Conway would is a type of lyricist that will make anyone second guess themselves you know so not only did i have that pressure of you know trying to come up after conway but i I just also just you know i I must have got in my head too much just that that was just you know and i'm just being 100 real with y'all on that you know what i'm saying like because i've never been like an ego driven person like i'm i'm okay with being real and i'm okay with not being you know the best at everything like hip-hop is always about being the best but you know i just I just want to, I want to do things that, that are meaningful rather than, than just be the best at something, you know? Got you. Got you. No. And definitely. And the reason I even bring up that track is because for most people listening, that's kind of like a point of reference. Uh, just my type is, is my joint on that album. And, and, uh, and, you know, and just having like, you got, you know, fly guy on it, you know what I'm saying, which is home team down here. You got recognized on it. Uh, there's definitely, uh, songs like all the songs and, the intro with Black Violin, it's like, that's definitely, those are all songs that are, I mean, with people that are revered, you know, that's dope. And Rob, Thank you. I appreciate that. And the, the Rob Markman, that's the dude that, um, that's the, the writer from, well, he used to work for a magazine, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, Double, I mean, he did Double XL. XL. Okay. He's a yes. genius. He's also, you know, a very successful, you know, rapper. He does, he's working with Amazon right now. The dude... Excuse me. That guy is incredible. Super talented dude. Um, been working with him since around 2009, you know. Uh, yeah, when um, he used to be called BK Sife. Okay. And that was when he was working for Double XL and Double XL Magazine, you know, specifically said, uh, you cannot rap and be a journalist at the same time. That was very taboo then. Look how they, look how old that sounds. <laughs> yeah. You know, saying, telling somebody you can't be a rapper and that a journalist. Genius. Like, how crazy is that? Considering that rap a, a lot of, yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off, but considering that rap, a rapper is part journalist. It's, yeah. You, you, they will describe what they, they, they capture what they see and turn it into a written or a spoken form. So it, yeah, yeah. So it's, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's like, how ridiculous is that? But that's, that was the, that was the frame of mind back then. And I remember that he did a, he did a project with, with um, my homeboy RL from home team down here and Lucian back in the day. 
And when I had my studio at my um my sneaker store, somebody had given me the CD. I don't remember how it got in my hands. It could have been RL. And I remember listening to it. I remember like, yo, this this BK Sife dude is nice, you know. And then we did a song. We did a song with with him, uh, with BK Sife and a group from Cali called You and I, and another homie from down here called Street Buchanan. Okay. And uh, I was I was I produced the beat and I was on it and that beat is actually the intro to No Hype. If you ever watch the No Hype show, you'll hear that that little intro beat. That beat was for the song we did called Different Over Here, um, where I had BK Sife on here. We shot a video. He came down from New York, uh, and we did that. And you know, it's dope to see cats like him really like follow their dreams and um, not let anyone tell them you know that you can or can't do something. You know. No, indeed, indeed. Um, one last question before we we uh, we wrap up this this uh, this segment. Uh, a a song a music style that someone might be surprised to hear you enjoying. Like kind of like oh, the, the, um, the guilty pro. Somebody, if you were playing something, somebody walked in the room and was like that knew you. They're like, yo, what are you doing listening to this? Like, what would that be? It would probably be ninety percent of the shit I listen to outside of hip hop, but it would it would definitely be um I'm gonna name one artist and one album. It's Harry Styles his new album. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. He has this one song on there. I don't I forgot the name of it, but it's it's really dope. It's just to me it's just a dope song and um I learned you know, I guess maybe it's an age thing. I learned to be very comfortable with myself and not really worry about uh what people think. Probably if you ask me the same question, um some years ago, I probably would have a different answer. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, funny story is when we were doing the Wizard Sleeve, right? If you know who Harry Styles is, you know that he's part of the group One Direction, which was a massive pop group uh, from from the from like, they were kids. Uh, what is it called? What is what is it called when the kids are young kids? Boy are, band. Uh, boy band. Yeah, boy band. Yeah. yeah, massive, huge, huge, huge boy band. And and when he was in One Direction, they actually took my song that was a, that was a hit record in the UK at the time and they made like a little YouTube video of them Get dancing and doing some shit to it wow. so that was my introduction to One Direction I didn't really know who they were and, right. and to this day I don't know their music but come full circle I heard an interview with him not too long ago on the Howard Stern show and he did a live cover of this song and that's I wish I remember the name I'm so bad with song titles but anyway to answer your question I would say people would be surprised that I listened to Harry Styles. Dope. Dope. Yo, my peoples, yeah, we got we got to know a quick history and then there's so much more in it and it I mean, we might have to do a part two at some point, but there's so much more to the Yo, and next time I'm coming to you. Yes. I'm gonna come out, I'm gonna come out there. Automatic, yeah. And and we'll hit up we'll do we'll hit up the breweries. I'll get somebody to uh to film what I like to do is uh, what I like to do is called um Bruce Beats and Eat Street Level where we hit up a couple of spots, grab some beers, and maybe grab some food and capture it, and, and we'll throw it up on the YouTube. It's, it's happening. Yes. It's happening. My peoples, stay tuned, man. There's just one more segment to go. That's the eat segment. I still got Lex one. Lucky, is Lucky all right? Is he he's still working on the yeah, beers? He's probably figuring out what my wife was calling me for, so he just went downstairs to go check that out. Excellent, excellent. Y'all know what it is. It's Bruce V's and Easter Podcast. Bruce Beats and Eats the podcast, and we have reached the Eats portion. Still got Lex One. 
get that paper, son. GTPS, man. That's yeah. It's definitely a model that I'm gonna have to start Im- imploring when it comes to uh, <laughs> this podcast. I mean, and, and it's it's definitely um, it, it's it's a it's a labor of love. I, I love doing it. Just having conversations, and and the biggest takeaway I get from this podcast is two things: helping people share their story or what it is that they do, and then I find myself in a place where I'm able to network with people and just meeting. You know, it just arranged it through it thrust me back into the hip hop scene in South Florida. Uh, so I mean, and amongst other things, and so it's a great thing, man. I don't, I don't mind doing it, but definitely be nice if you know what I'm saying, start, start getting a little, a little heavier sponsorship where people be like, yo, you know what, by the way, take these beers here, have all of them, you know, <laughs> yeah, bro. You know, it's um, you know, I can tell you, I've tried to make a career out of everything that I enjoy in life, you know, whether it was music producing, um, the collectibles, all that stuff. And you, you gotta be consistent and you gotta be able to pivot, Mm. you know, you gotta Mm. think about how can you elevate it? How could you make the experience better for those who are into what you're doing? Okay. And you have to always take that into consideration with what you're doing, you know, because if you put the people first and you put your product first, the rest is going to come. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It is gonna come, but you you gotta you gotta grow. You said you're like 118 episodes deep, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's incredible. That's yeah. an incredible milestone. Mm-hmm. And you gotta talk to yourself. You gotta talk to yourself and be like, all right, how much have I changed from episode one? Mm. And then yeah. what is episode 150 gonna look like? Yeah. What is episode 200 gonna look like? So for me, when I was like doing episode one of No Hype. Compared to episode, I think I'm at like 410 right wow. now. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's night and day, bro. In yeah. the middle of it, I bought a teleprompter. So there's videos <laughs> where you see me, you see me trying to read off a teleprompter, and my eyes are bouncing around the screen. Mm. You know, and yeah. then I learn how to write better scripts, and then I learn how to read the teleprompter without letting my eyes bounce around. Yeah. You know, Just as cues. And, yeah, I got you. Right, and then I got rid of the teleprompter. Now I don't use the teleprompter. Now I'm I'm off the cuff. I know what I want to say. I know how I want to say it. I understand what I'm doing. You know, it's a growth process, right? So like, you know, I've listened to two of your episodes and the one I listened to that I liked, that I really enjoyed was the Black Snow one because I know Black Snow. Um, He used to come by the crib earlier back in the day, uh, early on when I was kind of figuring out my music shit. Um, He was a super cool dude. I really always liked him great brother um yeah he is and uh you know i'm I, i'm a big supporter of everything down south i listened to that episode i enjoyed it so you got to ask yourself all right how am i getting better you know what mm-hmm. am i doing to be better what am i doing to make somebody who who doesn't like beer or doesn't like south florida hip-hop or, or whatever it is that are my main things about my podcast yeah. what am i doing to get them to like that you know because ultimately it can't be just self-driven about yourself it has to be something that has an appeal to it and when you ask yourself those questions it forces you to grow it forces you to think outside the box and do something different and continue to you know do your do your thing you know what i'm saying so like that's dope man i i really like that you that i heard you say that this is your 118th episode i was really hoping that this was something that you know is not like your fourth episode because i do (laughs) i do things here and there and a lot of times people have the intention of doing something, but yeah. then life gets in the way, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then you yes. end up 
you end up being a part of something that someone kind of wanted to do, but didn't really push it through and didn't stick through through the hard times. And, mm. you know, and Talk, then it becomes yes. a, like, yeah, it becomes like a, one of those things like, damn, should I really do this? Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Should I really carve out this precious time for my family or from what I got going to, you know, help somebody else do something? So I was like, all right, cool. 118 episodes, you know, good shit. That's <laughs> tough. I appreciate that, man. That's, yeah. that's greatly appreciated. And that's not something I typically do. It's tr- like this is the first time I actually threw the number out there. I usually just go, yeah, season one, season two, season three. But for whatever reason, I was compelled to do it. I know a lot of times people they might ask they they'll ask oh how many uh, or, or you know how many episodes you have now or people that are like man no you I see that it's you know there's been a change or, or you, it's 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 evolving like I mean tell me how many episodes you in and I, I I do a horrible job of like actually keeping track of it I always go back to my one of the apps and I'm like that counts it for me I'm like okay it's 118 so no man yeah I, it's just funny that you say that and it's something that I just for the first time just threw it out there so dope Man, that's great. I appreciate that all the information and it's always and you you hit on so many points that actually described parts of my journey. So that's why I know it's coming from a place of like, uh, uh, you know, it's a wealth of information on your end. So I, I sincerely appreciate that. Oh, no problem, man. It's all love, bro. It's never hate on my end, bro. You know, I like I love seeing people succeed. I really enjoy that. Dope. You know what I'm saying? Love it. Dope, dope. Well, in order to make this a successful podcast, you know, we gotta we gotta wrap it up with that one last topic, and that topic is food. So, uh, I guess right off the rip, I mean, I know you you spoke about a a real fire fire roasted tomato uh, Moroccan dish um, <laughs> at the top of it. Um, where, where did you this? Where did you discover this dish? And and, and hit him with the name again, because there's no way I'm gonna be able to pronounce. That. Yeah, nah, bro, it's hard, bro, and I I just I know how to say it because. I speak Hebrew and Hebrew and Arabic have a lot of similarities. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So like, uh, it's called Saladam Mizbucha, which is pretty much a fire roasted tomato and pepper salad. It could be spicy or not, okay. which is like, if you could picture a marinara sauce with fire roasted ingredients, you mm. know what I'm saying? Like you take the, take the tomato and you char it so it's burnt, but then still not burnt on the inside, just the outside. And, you know, it's it's incredible. It's really, it's just I I love it personally because I like spicy food. But yeah, that was that was like kind of the one thing that sticks out in my head when I think about something I really enjoy. Nice. While while on tour in Europe, uh, I imagine that the food, the difference in food between there and the states, like what was something over there that you gravitated to? Um, you know, when I I, I always dreamed about. My mom used to, my mom lived in England before she had me and she used to tell me stories when I was a kid and then I kind of romanticized what England was in my head. Okay. So I always was intrigued by English culture. And the first thing I had when I went to England on tour at a hotel, I got bangers and mash, which is, you know, uh which is like um sausages and mashed potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that was like one of the first things I got out there which I definitely enjoy, but the street food in the UK is a lot different than like, you know, American, you know, fast food or street food. Like in the UK, you can get a lot of kebab places, which I really enjoy, which are a lot of like, you know, grilled meats, grilled veggies, okay. um, 
you know, pita tumors and stuff like that. Mm. There's also a lot of fish and chip spots throughout the UK and they call them chippies. You know, you get drunk, you hit the, you get the chippy. Or another big food that is just as big as like pizza is, you know, is Indian food, right? So we you go, you know, get drunk, hit a club, hit a bar or whatever, and then get some curry, you know? Nice. Nice. And so yeah, and that was kind of like, you know, that in the traditional English food. I tried I tried all that shit. I tried uh uh what is it? Um was it black pudding? I forgot what it's oh, called. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, black pudding. Yeah. yeah, black pudding, which is something that that a lot of places up north in England would give you with a breakfast, which is like a congealed blood. Yeah, it's like what we have. What uh, us Dominicans called morcilla, which is uh, morcilla. Uh, it's a, yeah, yeah, blood sausage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So we have the black uh, black pudding, and then I, in Scotland I had haggis, which I didn't really like, but I tried it, which is like uh, it's like the the sheep's stomach. Mm. Stuff with shit, <laughs> stuff with stuff in it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's the best way I can describe it. That wasn't that great, um, but probably the best salmon I had in my life was in Scotland. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. The best salmon because you know salmon thrives in real cold water. Correct. And uh, and yeah, so I had some fresh salmon in Scotland one time, and it was the most incredible salmon I've ever had. Do you recall how that was prepared? Was that uh? It was prepared in some sort of a cream sauce. type sauce. Okay. Okay. For yeah. sure. And it was at a hotel, at like a nice hotel. Um, I don't remember what it was. I just remember being like, yo, I've never tasted salmon like, like this. This wow. is just incredible. Yeah. And, and, you know, generally, like, just living in the UK, um, I, I, I lost weight without trying to lose weight because, mm. you know, they have a lot of stricter guidelines there on yes, the food. This is true. Yeah. That we that we have in America. And so like you like, said, you the, the you, you don't find the you don't find a super center, you know, extra ultra deluxe shopping place over there. It's kind of very right. what would you say, like a yeah. maybe like a farmer's market or something along the lines of that with small store. Yeah, you don't have eight different types of Cheerios. Correct. Right? You have one. You know what I'm saying? Like the options there are a lot smaller, you know, like you don't have them, which, you know, I think is better. You know what I'm saying? Like who needs 15 types of white bread, yeah. you know, <laughs> ultimately, ultimately white bread or bread itself is, is like, what is it? Three ingredients, right? It's yeah. like water, yeast and flour and or grains, something like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever that is, it's three ingredients. You look at the, the label of a of, of bread here and there's like 95 ingredients and you're like wait am i even eating bread, bread yeah what? you know yeah. <laughs> wait, did we, i think we passed bread like three miles ago like what happened yeah ex exactly like what's what's going on with this you know Ugh. so yeah it was crazy you know it was it, it was crazy just you know spending but you noticed that you were able to come there. down and wait after you know being there x amount of time and you weren't even looking that wasn't even a goal of yours but you were able to accomplish that yeah, and if I wasn't such an alcoholic on tour, because you know every every show we had a writer, and then we had, uh, you know, I had a bottle of vodka, you know, so I was doing a bottle of vodka sometimes four times a night, uh, four times a week, sorry, you know, to the head, and then my buddy would have whatever he was drinking, you know, yeah. Mike would have whatever he was drinking, and um, if I wasn't drinking that much, I probably would have been in, in like way better health. 
because gotcha. I was trying to run too. I started running in the UK. Okay. I would go through all these different cities and then I would just, you know, run two miles one way, then run two miles back the other way. So, but yeah, that shit was, it was dope, man. It was, a, it was a real, real dope experience. And then when we did other shows and, you know, in Europe, I got to enjoy, you know, uh, Amsterdam. That was a good one. Nice. They had real good food there. Okay. You know what I found out? Um, my boy, shout out to MC Brainpower. Um, actually him and my friend, uh, Big Kahuna are working on a podcast, uh, for collectors called Collect Calls. Okay. I'm shouting this out for the first time. I haven't said this publicly anywhere. Uh, you know, I was talking to Brainpower about Amsterdam and stuff like that. And did you know that French fries are not only not French, right? I'm sure people know that, but they come from Netherlands. All right. Or the Dutch people. Wait, fuck. (laughs) I'm misquoting it. Bro, all I know is that. French fries ain't French, and Americans are insane because they like to claim they know everything. Um, and, I, and, and I'm just going to say this, because the best French fries I've ever had were in Amsterdam. So I'm going to loosely say this, don't quote me. I think French fries come from Amsterdam. If not, they come from uh, their, their Dutch, but they're definitely not French. And you're definitely gotcha. not American. Yeah, no, they, I, yeah. I looked it up. Yeah, so it's 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 Amsterdam adjacent. It's definitely not. Okay. Yeah, no, but it's, it says Belgium. Belgium lays claims to inventing uh, French fries. Belgium, that's yeah. right. It's yeah. Belgium. Shit, okay. It's Belgium. And it's because, it's because some American guy just didn't know the difference between Belgium and France. And, Got you. And, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's all the same. It's sad that that still exists, but yeah, I can see that. I can see yeah. that for sure. What's what's the one food you missed from from the states while you was over there? One food I missed, uh, probably anything Hispanic. Okay, because Latin anything does not exist in the UK. Got you, got you. At all, I miss that shit so much. Just like some, you know, barroco con con uh, You know, just like just. <laughs> Just, bro, anything Hispanic, bro, I just could not find, bro. They don't, Spanish is just not one culture that is very big in the That's UK. permeated over there, yeah. It, you would get Spain, Spanish, yeah. or you would get, like, um, like they had a chain of chicken places called Nando's, which is, like, uh, Portuguese, you know? Okay. So that was, like, the closest to, like, you know, stuff you would get out there. Got you, got you. What's, what's the one uh, thing that... If you never ate again, uh, you, you'd be just fine. Whether it's a, like a, a topping, a kind of an ingredient, or, or an actual McDonald's, dish. bro. Okay, <laughs> bro, miss me with that shit. Okay. That shit is every time I eat that shit, it's just fucking trash, bro. Got you. It's yeah. trash. It yeah. makes it makes you wonder how some you know for so many years that was just that was it. That was because you know we all like salty, greasy shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but. At the end of the day, I just found like I find myself eating it and just not even enjoying it. Got you. Are you a big desserts dude? Um, yes, I'm a big food guy. I love food. Okay, in general, all types. Word. What's what's that dessert that always calls your name? That even after after si- sitting down and having a full meal, if there's some of that around, or if the venue offers X, what what, what what's the one that you you push past just that full stomach just to try it? So I just found out, I just tasted for my first time a chiffon cake. Have you ever had a chiffon cake? No. Yeah, 
chiffon cake is a very soft cake. I've had it like two different flavors in the in the past two weeks. Me and my wife, we, I like I went, I got chiffon cake, like a vanilla chiffon cake from a, a bakery. Okay. And the texture is incredible. The taste is incredible. It was just delicious. So good hmm. that for the last two weeks, almost every day, we've had to hunt down a chiffon cake. Wow. Um, if you took a donut and you fucking fed that shit steroids, bro, and you sent that <laughs> shit to the gym to get brolic for like a month straight, you would have a chiffon cake because it's soft. It's kind of like gooey. It's fluffy. It's sweet. It's rich. It's incredible. I don't, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really sad that I'm fucking about to be 42 and I just figured this out. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I lost half of my life not knowing about this. Yo, you wasted, you wasted <laughs> so many years. <laughs> well, that's that, bro. Just imagine, just imagine to all the the, the list, the younger listeners in, in my demographic that now could get a, a head start on that. No, try <laughs> if you're a foodie, if you like sweets, you know what I'm saying. If you want to like feel like you're fancy by saying the word chiffon, bro, you know, like you know, hey, if you're a guy, you taking a girl out and you get her chiffon cake and be like, yo, babe, I'm gonna put you on right now try this shit on cake you know like <laughs> yo and you're not getting laid after that bro i can't help you <laughs> Yo, especially if you tell her, look, we're going to have it before the chiffon cake. Let's have an amber box and a blue moon because it's fancy. <laughs> Yo, exactly. You in there. Exactly. You in there. Bro. You're changing lives. Bro. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yo, uh, Lex, man. Uh, bro, it's it's been great. I, I appreciated the conversation. There's so much more we could get into. And we definitely have to. I mean, this is this is, has to continue on in one way or the other. But um, one last time uh, before we close this up, let them know where they can find you, uh, what you got going on, and and yeah, man, get, give them the business. Yeah, you can find me on all platforms at Lex One G T T S. That is all spelled out: L E X O N E G T T S. That's it. And wherever you do social media, I'm there under that Spotify, uh, Pornhub, you know, YouTube. <laughs> Whatever, you can find me everywhere there. And there it is. Bruce Beast and the Podcast. As always, I'd like to thank my guest, Lex One, for taking the time sitting down and talking it up with me. I'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in yet another week. If you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend. If you didn't enjoy it, tell an enemy. Tell somebody. Let them know. All streaming platforms, Google, Spotify, anyone that matters. While you're there, hit the follow, share, um, subscribe. And I actually went a whole episode without saying it, but yes, another way to keep in touch with the podcast is the hotline, 786-294-6263. Leave me a voicemail, shoot me a text, and uh, we're, we're, I think that was it, man. This, this has been one hell of an episode. We brought it back to the remote feeling, and I think it worked out lovely. Bruce Beeson, he's the podcast.